And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, the show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. Coming up on this week's pod, we ask Ronaldo go or Ronaldo no as Chelsea look at Cristiano. We'll ponder who's calling the shots in the transfer market. It's a winning start for Chelsea's England contingent at the Euros. And we'll do a quiz. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight out of Cobham. Welcome back then, listener. Once a week during the off-season for us, but we're bringing you another Straight out of Cobham today. The we in question, me, Matt Davis-Adams. I'm joined by two of The Athletic's finest. Dom Fifield's back with us. Hi, Dom. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Uh, Simon Johnson's here too. Not a good week for Johnson's, Simon. I'm talking about the fact that you missed our end of season due last week, of course. Yeah, um, where's my pint? So, <laughs> surely, surely you could have sort of delivered something through the post. No, pretty sure he drank your pints for you, to be fair. Yeah, well, you know, I don't blame him. He deserves it. 10.42am <laughs> on a Thursday feels a little bit early to start, but if you, if you want to... No. Get on if it. you want to go for it, yeah, please do. <laughs> uh, right, we've got lots to talk about today with it being Chelsea. We're going to start with some transfer news. We'll do that next. Uh, you can head over to The Athletic now to read our friend Liam's piece on Chelsea's transfer strategy this summer and some theories as to why nothing has been confirmed yet in that regard. Uh, we'll have a chat about it now, but as ever, you only get the full effect by reading as well as listening. So head over to theathletic.com slash Pod. Uh, to sign up now. Uh, Simon, the, the obvious reason that Chelsea haven't completed a signing yet is that, is that they've had weeks, not months, slash years to, to establish their transfer strategy since the takeover. I wonder then, would it have been wise to keep one of Buck Granovskaya check for the length of, of this window? I, I think the plan initially was was for, for certainly Marina to, to hang around a bit longer than she has, but it quickly became evident that Todd Bowley wanted to really take the reins on, on everything um, and and it makes sense I mean yeah it's a little bit awkward the timing was never going to be ideal in terms of someone who who knows very little in terms of contacts etc to come in at this stage but that he wants to do his, things his way um, and and you can't really criticize him for that and he's been very very busy we were under the impression he 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 was going to be very hands-on. I didn't think he was going to be this hands-on. He's making Roman almost feel like a part-timer from, from his era. So he's the one that's going around meeting people, talking to agents, etc. Cut out the middle person. Um, obviously, there will be someone appointed at some point, like a sporting director. But for now, he's the one that, that wants to take control of what Chelsea spend their money on. The suggestion at the moment is that Todd Bowley is actually living on a plane. He's, he's he's flitting between the states and various destinations around Europe, as Sai says, meeting influential figures within football. Hence, you know, last month's Jorge Mendes sit down um, where he's introduced himself to him. 
and that that is how he's operating um you know working 24 7 constantly available for all the staff at cobham and at stanford bridge whether that be via whatsapp or email or on the phone itself but basically living in a private jet and uh, really has leapt in two-footed into the challenge of of, of overseeing chelsea as a co-controller and an interim sporting director so we come back to what we spoke about last week, Simon, in that who's getting the final say here? Is it Todd Bowley? Is it Thomas Tuchel? And I think if you look at Raheem Sterling and Cristiano Ronaldo, there's one on either side there, isn't there? Because I can't imagine that Bowley was particularly pushing hard for, for Sterling. That feels more like a Tuchel deal. Um, you've made the case for the Athletic about Cristiano Ronaldo and, and whether or not he would be a good signing for, for Chelsea. What's the latest on that? Is it is it just sort of... Jorge Mendes doing Jorge Mendes things and, and realising that there's not much of a market for Ronaldo because it strikes me that Chelsea have just got rid of one fairly immobile centre-forward who's significantly younger than Cristiano Ronaldo and even though he was on big money, was not on quite the same money that Ronaldo is. I don't see how this signing would make sense in, in any form or fashion other than he might sell a few shirts. <laughs> yes, you see, I, I, I sort of tried to phrase it more politically correct than that. <laughs> If you read the piece, I, I, I sort of think, oh, yeah, because really what I wanted to do was just say this is just a silly idea uh, for a thousand words or however long I rambled on for. And I thought, no, you know, let, let's be balanced. Let, let's let's throw some positives in there. And there are some positives, of course. We're talking about one of the greatest players of all time here. Um, look, going back to sort of how this all started and, and Dom's already sort of mentioned Ronaldo sort of came up in a conversation during that meeting. It wasn't specifically geared towards talking about Ronaldo, but inevitably his name was going to to come up in the conversation. Bowley wants to meet significant figures in the game. So it, it made perfect sense for him to meet someone like Mendes, who's that influential. It happened to coincide with Ronaldo being a little bit unsettled at Old Trafford. What's happening now is it's that these two... I don't think we're going to have this kind of... There's always been this debate about club signing, coach signing, club signing, coach signing in the Abramovich era. I think it's going to be a lot less of that. Like Tuchel's got far more say, not that he didn't have any say before, but he's going to have far more say over who comes in and who goes. Um, he wants to mould the team in, in his image the way he wants. From Bowley's side, you can understand why Ronaldo would be extremely tempting to do a deal for. It makes a huge amount of noise in the football world and particularly in America where, of course, he wants to make this big splash. Hey, I'm here. I've taken over Chelsea. About to go on tour. Here's Cristiano Ronaldo. Can you imagine the amount of attention that will get whilst Chelsea are over there? And that's just on pre-season. It'll be a massive marketing ploy. But in terms of the football, and this is where you sort of think surely Tuchel's going to say something, it just doesn't make any sense. Because, as you've already sort of said, Matt, you're basically looking at a better, but still the same issue, Lukaku Part 2. You know, a guy that doesn't do what Tuchel wants his play, attacking players to do. Plus, then you add in, as I go into the piece, the what it will do to the dressing room. A guy that comes in, and we all know Ronaldo, you know, has got a certain amount of ego. Plus the wages that he'll be on. You know, people are going, hang on a minute. He's undoubtedly going to be the highest paid earner. That's going to cause problems. And so many reasons that it, it doesn't make any sense. But would I rule it out right now? I, I don't think I could. 
because I could see it from a business side why Bowley would sort of think, right, yeah, let's do it and, and try and convince Tuchel to do it as well. Well, wait and see on that one. It, it feels like the Sterling deal, though, Dom, it, it is all but done. I'm not just saying that because I'm looking at Fabrizio Romano's Twitter page. Um, you've already made the case for the Athletic as to what he can offer this Chelsea team. Just just thinking about a front three of, say, Mount, Sterling and Havertz, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? You know, Sterling can play pretty much anywhere across that line. I think we'd all consider him uh, an upgrade on, on Timo Werner, too. So this is one that Chelsea supporters ought to be fairly optimistic about now. I think so. I mean, it'd be interesting to have had uh, Sam on this week's podcast just to to debate this as well as a as a forward player and, and and looking at what Sterling can can offer the team. But but to me, it's a bit of a no brainer. I mean, the the fee that's been mooted. Okay, you know, there was a time where forty five million pounds for a player entering the last twelve months of his contract might have seemed excessive. Uh, but we're talking about a player that's got 77 England caps, that's won four Premier League titles in the last five seasons. And across those five seasons, has in each year has finished with more goals than Chelsea's highest league goal scorer than that respective season. Yeah, he's. We all know that the sort of the flaws in his game, and and, and we've all spied them. We've probably all grown frustrated with them over the over the a period of time not least with the national team but but actually i mean the the point of that piece that, that you mentioned was to look at the actual data and and the data suggests that he's he gets himself into very good positions and actually his xg uh, on is 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 pretty impressive particularly amongst wide players in the premier league i guess there's a bit of a psychological thing in in as much as you know do, would you want the first signing the first major signing of a new ownership to to have the slight feel of a cast off from one of your direct rivals or from a from a rival admittedly the champions who have finished 19 points clear of Chelsea in each of the last two seasons but I think you have to have a, a sort of pragmatism about this as well and be realistic this is a player potentially entering his prime he's 27 years old he's got so much to offer you know what you're getting and and that's more positives than negatives uh, I think he'll do an excellent job for Chelsea. I think, as you say, he can play across the front three. He could also play in the front two. It allows Tuchel to to explore four at the back, at the other end of the pitch. That um, there are there are far more pros and cons in this deal, and for Chelsea to get him, I I, I know I know I thought that Lukaku was going to be a roaring success last season, like we probably all did, but this actually feels a safer bet. Somebody whose who's pedigree is out there, established, and who, who knows the Premier League like the back of his hand. Is that the key, Simon? Like, there's, no, there's no question mark over his suitability toward the Premier League, is there? I'm just looking at his stats now. You know, Double figures and often way more than that in each of the last five seasons in the league alone. He's won the Premier League four times. He's got 77 England caps. You don't ever hear reports of him being a difficult player to manage particularly. You take out the inferiority complex and, and there's no reason why this shouldn't be a, a tremendous acquisition. Yeah, I'm a bit... <laughs> I'm a bit wary, as, as Dom has mentioned, the Lukaku thing, because uh, I almost felt like issuing a public apology. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I remember when uh, when he was signed and I sort of went, yeah. I, me- I remember being here on the podcast, especially in the opening few weeks, going, yeah, yeah, Chelsea have got their striker. Yeah. Um, so after that, I almost feel like, well, I'm going to sit on the fence for the rest of my um, illustrious career. Um, but no, 
in all seriousness, it ticks so many boxes, unlike Ronaldo. He wants to come. It's not like he's, you sort of think there's elements of comparison, say like with Torres, you know, that in terms of a big deal that Chelsea are doing with a, with a Premier League rival. But Torres, there'd been issues with form and fitness um, before he made the move. This is not a player that's, you sort of talk about Man City sort of cast off. It's not as if Man City wanted him to go. This is Sterling wanting to go because he, he wants more game time or he wants the guarantee of game time. He he, he became concerned, and, and understandably so, especially when you add in uh, that Haaland's arrived as well, that he didn't start both Champions League semi-finals or the Premier League title decider. Um, he, he wants to be the man, and I, I think he should be applauded. You know, this is a... This is a huge sort of decision to make. You're, you're leaving a, a, the dominant team of English football the last five years to join another Premier League club. And I, I think Sterling should be applauded for this. Um, he could have taken the, the easy route and gone, yes, he still would have been playing a lot under Guardiola. But he's going, no, I, I want to be the main man. I want the challenge and, and I want to go and make Chelsea what they used to be, um, one of the best sides in the Premier League, perhaps competing for the Premier League again. Um, and importantly, this is the player Tuchel wants. You know, Tuchel can see what he's already pinpointed what Sterling could bring to this side. Um, this is only his second, what you'd say, significant signing since taking over. Okay, the first one didn't work out, but yeah, I've got a bit more confidence um, that Sterling will because he, the attacking wide players, has been an issue. They've all flattered to deceive. Um, so yeah, Sterling, I'm sure will will deliver. He said, "Talk to me next year." <laughs> <laughs> I bet we'll do pre-season predictions in a couple of weeks, and yeah, I, I have a feeling there might be a Raheem Sterling question uh, in there somewhere from producer Lucy. Uh, right, listen, you you might well know that he's a Chelsea player by the time uh, you hear this. Dom, last week I spent seconds coming up with that Rafinha chant on the assumption that he was about to sign for Chelsea. <laughs> Uh, he still hasn't done. It seems like he's just waiting to see if he can go to Barcelona instead. Should Chelsea be kind of pragmatic and say, well, if that doesn't work out, we'll still take you? Or, or should they should they be moving on to other targets on the basis that it seems like he'd rather be somewhere else? I, I, look, I, I understand the sentiment being expressed that if, if a player has second thoughts or reservations about coming, then, then you should move on. But I'm... Personally, I, I just think he's 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 quality, and have to have that sort of a, a, aggressive winger uh, available to Chelsea as a as an option um, with Sterling on the other side potentially, and Havertz through the middle, whatever combination you want out of that out of a front three uh, is more appealing actually than than not having it. Yes, he is holding out for Barcelona and. I think we're all a bit perplexed as to how Barcelona can afford anything at the moment. Um, so there is a chance that that move doesn't come off for him, in which case, is he really going to put up with going back to Leeds and and, sort of, and, and playing in a team that's probably realistically aspiring for mid-table? I, I suspect that, that he'll probably come cup in hand to Chelsea and say, actually, you know, remember that move that we spoke about earlier in the window? Do you fancy, do you fancy reviving that one? And... If Tuchel, as has been suggested, is a bit of a, is a fan of Rafinha's and 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 feels as if he 
can get the best out of him and use him regularly uh, and you know and exploit his talent because he's a brilliant brilliant player that I'd bite the bullet and and push it through to be honest um and get him get him in get him in the ranks yeah the the only thing I'd add on to that is that there's nothing wrong with having a first choice in a player's mind he shouldn't be criticized for that his dream is is Barcelona it has been since he was a kid but from my understanding, you know, Chelsea is the, the team he will join if he joins another Premier League club. So there is a possibility Barcelona won't be able to do do the deal with Leeds. And if that's the case, then Chelsea are, are, are no pun intended, waiting in the wings. How long would they be waiting for, though, Simon? Will, will they put a cut-off date in, you know, we need to get people in as pre-season rolls on, or will they be happy to wait to the last day of the window on, on the basis that, you know, this is a player who doesn't need integration into the league or what have you? I think only Thomas Tuchel can answer that question. Um, obviously, they want signing. They, they would prefer to have all their signings done by the time that they, they jet off to, to Los Angeles on, on Saturday. But, you know... The market's difficult. They're playing catch-up. There's still a couple of months just under to go. If you think the player's worth it, which Chelsea clearly do, then you're going to wait a lot longer than the most. But you would argue that after getting Sterling done, that the bigger priority is centre-backs. It's, it's not Rafinha. So, you know, you can, you can park Rafinha anyway because you need to be working on centre-backs and, and getting them over the line because... As things stand, I might have a chance of playing against Everton, <laughs> heaven forbid, on, on August the sixth, because there's the, the there's you know it's the dearth of defenders is very concerning. All right, well, give me some updates therefore on uh, your Delicts, your Koundes, your Akes. Delict favours Bayern, um, we think. What about Koundé? I feel like that that's been going on for about 15 years um, so like that resolve one way or another uh, is, is there any chance that we get a, a new centre-half of some formal fashion in before they head to the USA later this week presumably not well, well Nathan Ake is a, a centre-half of some description as you just suggested I mean he, he would be a, a player that they could secure potentially this week I, look, I think we're going to have to be uh, as Simon mentioned there they are playing catch-up in an ideal scenario, yes, you get all the signings on the plane and you go out there and you have your perfect pre-season integrating players into the squad, getting to the, those daft initiation songs, etc., and doing them in LA. The reality is Chelsea, probably more than in any window of late, are going to be working right up to deadline on September the 1st. That's that's what's going to happen. And if, if that means that they go into this, even start the season and play those first four or five games with with fewer numbers and with a, with a squad that feels incomplete, then so be it. As long as on September the 2nd they've got a squad that Tuchel is happy with, then I think you'd have to have to look at the summer as a success because it's a unique situation. It's 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 been in a state of flux for so long and there's so much, there's so much happening um, and so much work to be done that that it's unrealistic to expect it all just to fall into place overnight. So Ake is a simple one they can they can do potentially, given that he's available. Uh, they're already talking to City anyway, so they could they could easily um have talks around the Ake move and bringing him back to the club in within the, the Sterling talks. And then they have to then 
see where their interest in delight and and uh, uh, and Kunde etc takes them. But I, I I think on September the second that things will probably look pretty good for Chelsea. But up to them, we're just going to have to. Back to then, they're just a normal club. I'm afraid they're just a normal club that's going to that's going to be doing business with some pragmatism involved and being opportunistic and 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 trying to get the best deal that they can. And I mean, the last few weeks of the window, people become available that aren't even available now. So, let's see what happens. Uh, just lastly, on on Delic, Simon, is is that similar to the Rafinha thing in, in that they're hoping that? In this case, Bayern and Juventus can't agree the deal, and then Chelsea might swoop in. Is that where we are with that one? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's as, as advanced as Rafinha, but yeah, I think that's that's um, that appears to be the situation that he favours Bayern Munich over Chelsea. And again, I, th- I think Chelsea Chelsea have also had a bit of a reality check of their standing in the pecking order of of clubs in the world. Um, they'll never be a Barcelona. They'll never be a Bayern Munich. That's life, you know. That they, they they don't have that, the ultimate gravitational pull. But they're still an extremely attractive proposition, and they have a coach that a lot of players want to play for. So they're going to have to be patient with Delit and, and Kunde. You get the feeling that he's almost been relegated to sort of the backup option. But if if Delit doesn't work out, then then Kunde should be. Still a very simple deal to do because personal terms, etc. I think have been pretty much agreed since last year. Um, so um, I must admit, if Kunde does happen, it would be like you almost wonder if it would be the least exciting announcement of, of many a signing, you know? Because everyone like it almost feel like he's been part of the squad for twelve months, even though he's not played. But the only other point I'd make is that Chelsea are quite unfortunate that this seismic, and you have to emphasise, this seismic event of a takeover has coincided with a squad that needs massive surgery. It, it, you couldn't have a worse combination almost um, because there is so much that needs to be done with that squad. There's so many question marks that we, we still don't know. I mean, what's happening with Azpilicueta? You know, we still haven't got an answer to that question. Marcus Alonso, what's going on with the midfielders? You know, like Jorginho and, and Conte. If Aki arrives, what does Levi Colwell think about that? As a 19-year-old, essentially the Nathan Aki of, of eight years ago, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that if that has a consequence. Armando Broya, um, similarly, um, might be off. So... It, it, it's not just about incomings here. There's going to be a lot of outgoings potentially too. Which was just what I was going to get onto. And I was going to say, what's the latest with Azpilicueta and Alonso? But you kind of <laughs> answered that. Don't know. So uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, James Horncastle reporting on The Athletic that Hakim Ziyech is likely off to AC Milan, uh, probably on loan. Uh, that's that's probably the area, Don, where Chelsea will have to shift some bodies, isn't it? Whether that be Ziyech and or Werner, maybe a Pulisic as well. But but if Sterling and potentially Rafinha are coming in, then, then they're going to have an excess of options in, in that position and, and obviously will need to generate some, some income coming in as well as uh, spending going out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and as Simon said earlier, they have flattered to deceive all these guys that they've, they've, they've had flashes of brilliance. Um, they've had little spurts of games where they've, 
they've really lived up to the reputations that they had when they arrived at Chelsea. And then they've had injury issues. They've had loss, losses of form. Um, and they've had frustrating periods where they haven't quite delivered. And what Tuchel is striving for is something that's going to be more consistent in those wide areas to increase Chelsea's goal tally effectively. Um, so, yeah, I think it, I think there's, it's, they would rather try and shift some of those those bodies than maybe lose some of the more promising young talent that's come through the academy, maybe homegrown. You mentioned Colwell earlier. I mean, Conor Gallagher's in there as well. And bringing money through the sales of people that will become fringe players very, very quickly if once Sterling and Rafinha come in and, and, and will have bit part roles within the first team setup. So it's just whether any clubs out there are able to to match the wages that these guys are on and 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 meet the transfer demands for permanent moves in terms of fees, etc. Because as we've as we said earlier, and Danny Taylor wrote a very good piece for the Athletic on it. It's it's you know the fact that Sterling is moving from City to Chelsea uh, and the, the willingness of the top six established clubs in this country to to do deals amongst each other uh, is a reflection of the fact that there's precious little money in in the game across Europe now and, and some of these clubs that Chelsea would hope to to sell players to just simply don't have the funds to do it anymore all right well before we move on from from this Simon just thinking we're talking about how Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea supporters would like some new faces in for this tour of America I guess a couple of people who who might not be so keen on that would be Levi Colwell and Armando Broya because as it stands this is going to be the opportunity for them to prove why they should be you know not be being linked with Everton but being part of Chelsea's plans next season yeah I, I think the tours and whether they're on it is something to watch over. Well, we're coming out what thir- late later on Thursday. In the next forty-eight hours, is going to be very interesting to see what's going on there. Um, Broya, Bro's people had a meeting with, who also represent Levi Colwell. Had they'd already met with Todd Bowley. Then they met with them again on Wednesday um, to discuss the situation. Um, neither player is interested in being a bit part figure to be a sort of on the periphery they want to play regularly but particularly on a well there's two different sort of situations here in Bro's Bro's case he's had a full season at Southampton so why would you then sort of become a guy that plays the odd league cup game Champions League dead rubber that kind of thing you know it's key for his development to to go out and he's got no shortage of offers from from clubs, Everton, West Ham, Newcastle. Um, and in Colwell's case, he's 19, he's an outstanding young talent and, again, wants to be playing regularly. And the, I think there's sort of a bit of wariness about going on that loan cycle. You know, you don't want to be someone like, someone I interviewed recently, Jake Clark-Salter, who, who went on that loan cycle and now he's 24 and only just started, only actually found a club that he's permanently at. Um so, yeah, a, a real one to watch. Um, this could be a, a developing story over the next few days, like I said. Maybe the ace up the sleeve for those two will be that they're not going to be involved in the World Cup, so they can they can focus on club football uh, for the entirety of the season. We mentioned that pre-season tour. Chelsea heading to America at the end of this week. They'll play three games. First on the 16th, they face the Mexican side Club America in paradise. Uh, literally, that's the name of the place in Nevada, 
where the match is happening. After that, it's Charlotte FC in North Carolina on Thursday the 20th before they round off the tour with a game against Arsenal in Florida on the 23rd. Those dates are local times, uh, by the way, if you're not in the USA. Check local listings. Uh, And it was announced yesterday that the Blues will also play a friendly away to Udinese. That is on the 29th of July. Okay, up next, we'll round up the rest of the Chelsea news. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So the 2022 European Championships began last night. England took on Austria at Old Trafford. They beat them by a goal to nil. Beth Mead scored it. Millie Bright was in the heart of the defence and Frank Kirby set up the goal. Uh, Simon, it's something we've kind of talked about ad nauseum, but I think it bears repeating that, what, a month, six weeks ago, Frank Kirby was having an oxygen tent put in her house, wondering if she was ever going to play football again. She's managed to not only get a place in the squad, but in the starting lineup too. I mean, that, takes some sort of mentality, doesn't it? As well as physical recovery, uh, to, to get yourself in that place mentally where, where you can do that is, I think, quite extraordinary. Yeah, inspirational. Inspirational is the word that springs to mind. Um, yeah, when, when you're sort of struggling health-wise and, and to somehow... I mean, it's difficult for us... I'm trying to think of a word, an appropriate expression for us normal folk, us non-athletes... Hard enough for us to get going when you've had some kind of ailment, but to for a professional athlete to, to come back and not for the first time to come back and and to to sort of make an instant impact. Well, it's, it's a testament not only to to her football ability, which has never been in question, but her character, her determination, um, her will to fight against adversity, and let, let, let's hope this is the start of a successful tournament for her and for the England team. Yeah, plenty of other Chelsea Euro action to look out for over the next couple of days. Thursday, today, as we're recording, a Norway team, which should include Maramielda and Guro Wrighton, take on Northern Ireland. That's in England's group. Uh, on Friday, anne Katrin Berger's Germany face Pernilla Harder's Denmark, whilst Annick Nguyen could come up against clubmates Zachira Musevic and Magda Eriksson when the Netherlands face Sweden. That'll be a tasty game. That's on Saturday. Uh, also in women's team news, they've added to their midfield options by signing the Czech international Katarina Svitkova. She was playing for West Ham for the last couple of seasons. She signed on a three-year deal. Uh, also since we last spoke, Harvey Vale has captained the England under-19 team to glory in the European Championships. They beat Israel 3-1 after extra time in the final. He played the full match in that. Simon, it's similar to the to the Broyer and, and Colwell questions, I guess, with with Harvey Vale. Contract situation is the thing to look out for here, isn't it? Do you see him going out on loan next season or is he going to be given a new contract and, and be part of the team or, or is this the time when Chelsea 
whether they want to or not have to to cash in on him in a kind of Tino Livramento from 12 months ago way. Well, yeah, I think you're, you're intimating that like Livramento, he's only got one year left on his contract. Um, talks of, uh, have been held pre all the sanctions, etc. So it, it's not as if they're coming from scratch here. Chelsea clearly want to keep this guy. Um, he is the, the rising star of the academy and also of of um, England youth football. Um, that's why he was captain of, of the under-19s um, and his delicious cross uh, in the final helped secure that, that that trophy. What will happen? Well, you know, it all depends on, on how this contract goes. Um, there will be no shortage of offers uh, for Harvey Vale because, like I said, he is, he is an outstanding young talent and, and is on the radar of a number of clubs. So... Um, there are a number of contracts that, that need to be talked about. And again, this is almost going back to the transfer situation. This is another department that these these no owners have to deal with all at once is is trying to sort out contracts and, and his will be one of them. It uh, gives me an opportunity, again, listener, to encourage you to go back into the Athletic Archives and, and read Simon's piece uh, with Harvey Vale's parents on that, that last PL2 game of last season when Chelsea managed to keep themselves in the division. One of my favourite athletic pieces from the last couple of years, athletic.com slash Chelsea pod. The place to go to sign up if you're not currently a subscriber. OK, before we go, I'm afraid we're going to do a quiz, chaps. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, less pressure on this one, I think, this week, Dom, seeing as it's, it's not live. Maybe gives you a little bit more thinking time. Um, three questions each. You're up first. It's all loosely on stuff that we've been talking about today. It's pretty tenuous, I've got to be honest, but, you know, we're, we're in post-season. Um, Dom, Harvey Vale. We just talked about him. He helped England win the under-19 European Championships. Made five appearances for Chelsea last season. How many of those were in the FA Cup? <laughs> you not, not just got that embedded in your brain, all Harvey Vale's appearances, how many minutes, what competition, who the oppo were. I've just blanked all, th- all thoughts of Chelsea FA Cup from my brain after <laughs> last season. So. Uh, let's say... <laughs> One. Simon, would you like to steal? I should steal. Say over five, go on. Say a number above <laughs> five. I should steal because because I, I've i written about the guy. <laughs> um, Where's your muse for basically all of last season? 
I know, but you know that 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 comment you made about well post season straight pre season. I'm 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 a bit like that <laughs> as far as the quiz goes, or or just generally actually. I'm a bit like you know I've I've turned up for the first day of training and I've I've uh, yeah I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, <laughs> my fitness in this case my mental fitness. <laughs> right, answer the question, Simon. Um, well, that, this is this is your soft warm up, isn't it? You, you basically got to pick pick a number between one and five. Um, and, and you might win. Yeah, but I, I should know the answer. Except for one, because that, that was wrong. That's the thing. So, he's just between League Cup, FA Cup, because he didn't play in the Premier League. He played at Brentford. Luce, I hope you've got a lively bed of music to be running. Under I'm going to go four. Audio experience. Okay, you're wrong. It was three. Uh, but here's a chance ah, to redeem yourself. Did he play against, he play against Spurs? Name for that. He did came on stoppage time in that one, oh, uh, annoyingly. But you can redeem yourself now because here's another Harvey Vale-related question, believe it or not. Of Harvey Vale's five Chelsea first-team appearances, how many were starts? One. One is correct. Uh, for no bonus points, can you tell me which one it was? I'm going Brentford. Brentford it was in the League Cup okay so it's 1-0 to Simon Dom here's your second question uh, England also won the under 19 Euros in 2017 six of the squad for that tournament were Chelsea players I'd like you to name at least four of them please 2017 England under 19 so, Euros so 2017 the 2017 Under-19 European Championships was won by England. In their squad were six players who at that time <laughs> were registered to Chelsea. Can you name four of them? Mason Mount? Yes. Player of the Conor tournament. Gallagher. Conor Gallagher is incorrect. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi? Callum Hudson-Odoi is incorrect. <laughs> I'm going to give you three more guesses for the purposes of brevity. Um, uh, Mark Gay? Oh dear, this is not going well at all. <laughs> I don't even can't even work out the ages here. <laughs> was was um was Mason Mount right? Yes, Mason Mount was right. He was the player of the tournament. Um, so Just now... get some right. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Name obscure youth team <laughs> players from 2017. Get on. <laughs> um, uh, Simon's other uh, muse, the right back, Dujon Sterling. <laughs> Dujon Sterling is correct. Right. Well, I've got two. How many more do well I need done. to get? Two more, please. Oh, good grief. I mean... <laughs> I don't have a clue no I can't do any more I, I have no idea um, right Simon we, we need <laughs> yeah. to move on from this because I've got dinner reservations tomorrow night can you name any of the other <laughs> players <laughs> do I get half a mark for two Tamori uh, Tamori's not right no this is a ridiculous question oh um, Name Nottingham Forest youth team from 2003. 
No, no, right. I'm stopping this now. Okay, if this is a ridiculous question, let me just tell you that three of the players were regulars for Chelsea last season, right? So you've got Mason oh, Mount, you didn't get Reese James, you didn't get Trevor Chalaber, you didn't get Jay De Silva, and you didn't get Jacob Maddox, which I'll let you off, but you should have got Chalaber and Reese James. Yeah, true. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah. Not good. I was coming on to Reese James, but, but you were, uh, you know, but I thought I'd lob in. I could have sworn to Maury, but oh, never mind. Do I get half a no, mark? No, I've into that. my good friend Wikipedia. Okay, so it's still. <laughs> no, you don't. No, no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. In fact, you ought to lose marks for that because um, our listeners are losing the will to live. Second question for you, Simon. Oh, why did I write these questions? This is my fault. I'm so yeah. sorry. Um, Simon, name the three EFL clubs where Dujon Sterling has spent time Hold on, on loan. Hold on a second. So basically, let me get this right. You are asking Simon questions about all the people that he's written pieces about. Actually, I, I I interject. I haven't written about Dijon Sterling, so actually, I'm going to struggle here. Oh, oh, is that oh, is that a private conversation? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, you know, I think Liam Liam he really loves Dijon Sterling though. He loves him. Liam's the Dijon Sterling expert. Well, Blackpool is one. I actually know the answer. Blackpool is one. Yes, two more to go. But now I'm I'm on Wigan. Wigan is correct. Yes. Oh, it's the third one I'm struggling with. I, I, uh, for, for the brevity of this quiz, I'm, 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 uh, I'll quickly just come up with another one. Uh, he said, and now he's thinking and he's taking actually time. You can't remember any uh, of Middles, clubs. Middlesbrough. No, that's not right. Dom, can you, um, I mean, you're not, I'm not going to give you a point for it, but do you know Coventry. The Coventry is correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coventry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sent to Coventry like so many of his peers over the last couple of years. Um, Dom, here's your final question. Who scored their first Chelsea goal the quickest, Reese James or Mason Mount? By quickest, I mean who took the fewest games to score their first Chelsea goal? Um, Reese James is correct. He scored on his debut against Grimsby in the League Cup. Mason Mount scored on his third Chelsea appearance. That was against Leicester at Stamford Bridge in 2019. Okay, so that's added some much needed jeopardy into the tedium that has been this week's quiz. <laughs> um, it's 1 1. So, Simon, if you can get this right, then you'll win and maintain what's been pretty impressive form, I think, in recent weeks and months. <laughs> you'll like this. After Chelsea beat Shakhtar in the 2015 UEFA Youth League final, <laughs> which former England international tweeted, congrats to Chelsea winning UEFA Youth League, Jada Silva left-back, better player than any current Prem left-back? Which former England international tweeted that? Ian Wright. Absolutely correct. Spot on. You are... Arian Wright or Simon Wright because you've won this week's quiz. Um, didn't quite happen, did it, for Jada Silva? A player of, of genuine sort of potential and, and finds himself down the down the pecking order at Bristol City. Funny how it goes. Funny old game. Um, is there an athletic long read on Jada Silva yet? No, but there will be now. <laughs> <laughs> well, after, you know... Ronaldo, Sterling, uh, Rafinha, <laughs> all the other pieces that on the on the pipeline. Big Dujon Sterling read, yeah. Dujon Sterling, what? Why he was so good at Coventry and Simon forgot. Um, rather than just making up stuff that's on the Athletic, let's talk about some actual content. Simon, <laughs> what have you got planned? 
<laughs> uh, what have I got planned? Well, apart from boarding a plane um, to LA uh, for the pre-season tour. Um, so there's there's two pieces I'm working on. One is um, part of the Premier League best series of games. Um, I've probably phrased this horrifically badly. The, the Premier League. 50 greatest individual performances. That's it. Glad someone knows what they're doing. Um, I'm, I'm the impression Matt's patience may have snapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's got that dinner to go see. Um, yeah, so I'm writing. I'm, I'm writing one of those, um, but I won't tell you who it Bakayoko is. Bakayoko against Watford. Back, yes, you've nailed it. Oh. You've nailed it. Oh, God, um, that's Lukaku, 2021-22. Oh no, is it too soon? <laughs> <laughs> um, and. I also, this, I'd hoped to have written this long before now, but I will get to writing it. Um, I went to um, a trial, not me, myself, on trial. I covered what it's like to go for a trial with Rhys James's dad, who's a coach of a very successful academy. Dom's looking mystified. Um, Sounds as if you were replying for a role to be what? Yeah, yeah, I hasten to add... Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, I wish. Um, um, but uh, no, he said no. Um, no, he uh, he's a very successful coach, and I I watch what it's you know what it takes to try and win a place with his, with his academy. So I hope to finally write that up because yeah, it's been in my on my in tray for for a while. So and that and obviously there'll be reads on um, which I've chipped in on which Dom Dom is I think leading uh, on Raheem Sterling. And maybe there'll be a Rafina piece if that ever gets done. Hmm. Uh, speaking of that 50 Greatest Individual Performances series, Adam Hurry's written about Edin Hazard's virtuoso display uh, in Chelsea's 4-3 win at Sunderland in 2013. There's an Adam Crafton piece up on Paul Mitchell, who's been linked to the role of sporting director at Chelsea too. Um, Jason Ewell is not Don, but you've written about him anyway. Yeah, although I should have talked to him about, about Jay De Silva, clearly. Um, he's just <laughs> taken up a role at Bristol City. Um, yeah, that's that's on the site. Uh, as Sai says, there's, there's a Raheem Sterling piece in the in the works and uh, possibly a piece with slight slight Chelsea connections on um, on Ronaldo and growing old gracefully, um, which neither Sai nor my, myself are, are doing. <laughs> you can have me to that club too um, alright that'll do us for today athletic.com slash Chelsea pod remember the place to go to sign up if you're not yet a subscriber you can read all the chaps brilliant work and lots of other great stuff on there too we will be back next week when there'll be lots more transfer talk I'm sure maybe Chelsea will even have signed a player by then do join us for that for now though from all of us here it's goodbye The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.